So welcome back to the Blink Space Blah Blah. My name is Liz. I'll be your generous host for the evening. Uh, so this episode, we're sitting down and we're talking to uh, the two founders. And uh, only employees. And only employees yeah. <laughs> of a Block Forlag. Uh, so here we have Anja Øverby yeah. and Ingrid Brobakker. Yes. Um, so welcome, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Happy yeah. to be here. Uh, why don't you guys give me a little, a little, a little short hello? How do you do with who you are and how are you doing? And yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we're a small publisher based in Oslo. Uh, at the beginning, I think we started out as a comic book publisher two years ago. I think it will be three. It's yeah, three. Three years years ago, Mm -hmm. um, we wanted to publish one anthology of comics. That was our goal, because we had learned that to set realistic goals is a good thing. And we thought if we enjoy that, and if it's a good book, then we might continue. And Mm -hmm. uh, very short story, here we are, still (laughs) doing it. But um, in between there, we have published um, not just comic books. We have two anthologies. We have experimented with Text, photography, illustration, um, translation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So So we have like three three like big books. Yes. Yeah. Like two mm. anthologies and one comic that we translated from English mm. that Ingrid did. Yes. Mm. Did the translation. And then it's like fan scenes, mm. the rest of it. Uh, mm. and merchandise. And merchandise, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Uh and yeah. prints. Yes, and prints. Yeah. That's what we did last, I think. Yeah. Um, and now we're working with our third anthology mm-hmm. with so far only comic artists and one writer. And No, and a sculpture? It's a sculpture, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, that's true. And like artists who haven't worked with comics as well. True. No, it's true. Yeah. We do tend to get our people mixed up a bit. Sometimes we're like, we need to email everyone. Who's in this book again? And then you sit down and are like, oh, come on. But uh, yeah, so this our excuse this time is that our book is very in the... We have only just emailed people. And we have, uh, I think, almost 10 people have said like definitively yes. Yeah. And we have a few maybes. Um, What's this one about? Uh, well, what we have been doing so far is we... Uh, for our first book, we chose a word, uh, which means beginning in mm-hmm. Nynorsk. And since it was our first book, we wanted people to explore that word and what it meant to to them. And that's basically what we kept doing with our other uh, anthology, too, called Fragment. Mm -hmm. And this one will be called Nakin, because we kind of wanted to see... What we have been doing so far is ask people to kind of explore this one word. And we give them permission to do basically anything, Mm -hmm. as long as they interpret the word in their... Mm. Uh, understanding in their art um so yeah i think it will be very good yeah we did want it to be like knock in in the sense of uh like clean and uh, vulnerable vulnerable not necessarily sexual but like Mm. whatever they want we're very excited to see what uh people come up with 
It's interesting because we're actually doing because Blank Space is a group show once a year where we have a similar idea. We have the gallery, and then anyone can submit work, mm. uh, working under the single single word, single topic. Mm. Uh, and this summer, we're actually doing a, a show about um, uh, erotica, basically. Mm, like, nice. um, uh, and so we will also be collecting pictures of naked people. Nice uh, <laughs> <laughs> under the single. So I might be in touch, touch with you guys if you have anything that people maybe would want to submit. Yeah. And. Um, <laughs> uh, now the, the four people who are listening to this podcast regularly now have a sneak peek because no one knows that we're doing that oh, yet. Nice. <laughs> so there's a, a reward for my mom and my two friends back yeah. in Toledo uh, who are listening to this podcast they get to have the, the heads up info. Yeah. Um, and you guys I guess also. nice and we like to like um, the fragment uh, publication is like we want it to be like fragmented not like just uh, contributions but also how it's designed so it's uh, seven leaflets that's mm. collected into a, a little pocket or a yeah yeah so and now we're like looking into how to design napkin yeah naked we did talk like, about covering it in skin not yeah. actual skin but kind of a skin like material like yeah. a leather kind of yeah, yeah. but or, I'm not sure we're I don't do. know if there's anything to make this not sound creepy I know <laughs> yeah. we did a few sketches of it we're like are, should mm. we attach some hair no yeah. no we oh, shouldn't yeah that's what we, yeah we like <laughs> like hair into like something leathery You're just googling like cheap human skin yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> we went to a dark place with that one yeah I think so, um, yeah. But, but we do tend to fun. want our designs to reflect the I mean sounds pompous but we want our book to be um kind of a whole experience in a way so that the stories are related to the word that we have as a title but we also want the design and the whole product to be a reflection of the title mm. so we need to work a bit with knocking but we're at the very beginning so we're very excited to be like inspired yeah. and uh to get good ideas yep like mm. right now we're like really busy the both of us so yeah we're not doing that much block no. stuff. Just no, because like, mm, we can we can actually say that we don't have block as a job. Mm. It's a project that we started when I was unemployed and you had less stuff to do, mm -hmm. um, and now we have other stuff to do. It's uh, yeah, it's it's a hobby. It's what we have before called a jobby because it's a lot of work <laughs> for very little money. I like that. I like yeah. that, that term. Can we can we use that in the? Uh, yeah, I, also, like, I don't think that's ours. I think we heard okay. it somewhere. Yeah, we should credit it to it's someone else. A really good but it's very good because it's yeah yeah we we don't earn much no money. We have taken out some money. Yeah. Uh, mm. but what we do mostly is like if we go to book fairs and stuff, mm. we actually get a nice hotel and yeah. Eat like good dinners and like a it's like vacation kind of sort thing. of yeah because yeah. like uh, other people we know they stay like at the cheapest hostels mm -hmm. and we're like no no no, no we're if we're going to bed again we're sleeping in like the best <laughs> hotel in town it's like yeah because we have to have some perks but yeah we actually went to the, the well the, the spa mm -hmm. and we paid it with like rock money yeah and then wow. our accountant said like um a, a company can do that too employees yeah but the owners of a company can't yeah, yeah. <laughs> go to a spa no. and pay like with easy, company money easy mistake I mean, so we didn't know no so that's actually also quite representative for what we have done all the way which is learning by doing oh yeah and learning by failing yep. and learning by sending very 
humble emails to people and be like, "We're sorry, we did not know this." Yeah. And then, yeah, <laughs> yeah, now we know. And please probably explain. not do it again. Yeah, yeah. probably yeah. might. Especially around like uh, printing stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. like we have a really good printer who like answers every question. She's like the best. So mm. she's very polite. Yeah, and we're like we're noobs. We don't know, mm. and she explains. I wonder if that excuse is going to run out and be like we're very new. We have been doing this for three Thirty years. years yeah. down the line. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, sorry guys, we don't know what to do still. Yeah. But I think at some point, like uh, this, this is just mirroring so much my my work with Blank Space. At some point, I was talking about how the only thing I can hope to be is charming. Mm-hmm. Like at least yep. that way, in case I fuck up, everyone's like, "Oh, but it's just Liz. Like she's doing her best." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like more than being like competent or more than being yeah. Yeah. like anything. It's just oh, she's trying her best. I like her. But it's like, like how would we get the experience exactly. in publishing if yeah. we weren't exactly. like experiencing it? It's not like mm. you can, well, take an education or whatever. Yeah, it's, we had a you have to learn. Our main thing to do was to be super humble and just apo- not even apologize, but just be like, hey, we're new. Because mm-hmm. it makes people uh, less able to be angry at you mm-hmm. if you don't like, uh, I don't know when we were, I don't remember the exact thing, but we were emailing, what was it? We had an offer for a book. Yeah. And then we went back on the offer and wanted another offer. Mm. And from another publishing house and they were like this is not the way things are done and we're very strict and we were just like okay we're sorry we didn't well maybe we did say we're sorry but we said we we had we had no idea we're learning thank you Mm -hmm. for being patient and then Mm -hmm. the next time they emailed us they had like a smiley face and because obviously (laughs) they can't be like oh you bitch (laughs) we're like we're just trying uh, in the states as well and we didn't discuss Things are done differently there and mm. like buying the rights to books yeah. and they have agents and it's mm-hmm. true. And we, you know, we don't have that in Norway anyway. No. And so we were like new to that and new yeah. to publishing and yeah. And also negotiating. Up front, we didn't want to tell people like, we are only two people. Thank you for helping us. Like we yeah. wanted to seem professional, oh, yeah. Yeah. which I think sometimes <laughs> has made people think that we are 20 people yeah. and have our own house designer, which mm-hmm. we, well, I mean, we do because it's you, but yeah. it's not as if the editor and the designer are not the same person. Yeah, because one yeah. person was like, I can send this to your designer and like... <laughs> Yeah, it's the same email address. <laughs> we have one email address to all our employees. Yeah, but we have we, we're not like noobs in life, you know. We have like basic <laughs> mm, experience, and it's like because I have experience in graphic design, so I can do do that. And mm. Inge mm. has like her experience, like journalism, and is bilingual. What is it? Bilingual. bilingual? Yes. Mm-hmm. So she could translate. Mm. And yeah, so, you know, she's the writer, I'm yeah. the designer. That's and true. None of us knew anything about finances. So <laughs> <laughs> we got an accountant. You should do an online class and get a certification because she yeah. does all the accounting now. Yeah. Accounting. Well, she's well, very good. Everything that has to go to the professional account. Mm. True, yeah. true. Yeah. But yeah, I've mm. learned so much mm-hmm. about everything money. Money, money <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I know how to get. The stuff they need. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know yeah. how to get money? <laughs> yeah, it sounded like <laughs> Actually, yeah. Oh, point, yeah. I know how yeah. to get We're gonna money. We're going to take a 180 uh, <laughs> spin now on this podcast and just flip around now to how to get money. <laughs> oh, actually, we can. if you want us to elaborate on that, we do know how to get money from different, um, like, culture. 
not fritur because they have not given us any money. I think money. I might maybe pause on that because we do want to actually do uh, an episode talking with people sure. who've received funding. Because uh, cool. we've had two episodes talking with Cultural Day about their different ordinances and okay. like how do you mm. like what da da and how does what's the behind the scenes look like. Um, but it would be really nice to talk with people who sure okay. from the other side of it. So I, yep. I might send you guys another email and be like, mm. hey, like. What do you think about these things? Da, 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 mm. The more other side of that. Mm. Um, but right now we're going to continue talking about a block a little bit. Yes. Um, how? Why? Why did you guys get started? Like because it's fun. Because it is fun. <laughs> we it's like true. books and it's we true. like well-designed books. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We wanted to do it as a fun project. Like I said, we only started out with the idea to make one book. Yeah. And uh, we realized we enjoyed it. I think if we hadn't, then who knows? We would have been like, okay, we tried. Goodbye. Mm. And then uh, yeah, there's very few projects that don't continue at that early stage that you didn't enjoy at some point. Mm. It's not yeah. like well, that was fucking awful. I guess I'll just keep doing it. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's it's gonna be like really hard parts and mm. the risks, especially when I do all that finance stuff. Yeah, but when I'm doing that, I'm thinking, well, this is the price to pay to run this company and yeah. I'm so proud of it like yeah. the books we make and they look they look like beautiful and like mm. look at what, what, we, what we're doing we're like making yeah. a publishing company this is my baby so, yeah so really? okay baby. I have to sit like I spend probably like an hour a week on that just on the finance stuff mm. and you know it has to be worth it yeah because <laughs> mm. it's yeah. not like my favorite <laughs> yeah <laughs> bits to do no. and why comics like why do you enjoy comics so much that you would like I need to make a comic book company. <laughs> I think when we met, it was kind of a middle ground that, because we met when, uh, we met in Stockholm, Sweden, at a comic book festival mm. uh, where it was me and Anna and one other Norwegian artist. So as good Norwegians, we chose to hang out because of <laughs> we were from Norway. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the comic scene, you know everyone, sort of, but we hadn't really hung out. And... Um, we went out one night and we talked about how much fun it would be to uh, run a publisher because uh, Anya has experience with publishers from the artist side. Mm. And at this point, I was working as a an editor for uh, an online magazine. Mm. So I was used to dealing with publishers from like a press and uh, yeah, the more press side of things. Um, and we just got talking how it would be fun to make it ourselves. And I really enjoyed being an editor, not for... Uh, a magazine in that way but I definitely like editing and uh, writing and gathering information and kind of communicating I guess Mm -hmm. and uh, I think our personalities and interests just kind of clicked because we had the same idea but we were coming from different Mm. places and I mean we do tell the story a lot but we did kind of come up with the idea for a publisher while drunk Mm. And then the day after we met for breakfast and we did that whole thing that you do sometimes when you do stuff you regret when you're mm-hmm. drunk. And you're like, did you mean what you said last night? Or, and we're like, yes, me too. And then <laughs> we decided to go through yeah. with it. <laughs> but if you want some gossip, we it was the three of us who got the idea. It's but true. It, it ended up being just the two of us. That is true. Yeah. We're not naming names. But <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> originally, it was the idea of three people. It's true. Uh, but that also, I think that also showed that we were drunk, <laughs> drunk, and also, but also super into it. I mean, yeah. if it would have been the easiest thing to just be like, "Oh yeah, I get overexcited," and then kind of awkwardly walk away and meet at 
Oslo Comics Expo and be like, hey, okay, cool, and then never talk again. So I do think it, I mean, it became obvious that we were interested in the same thing. Mm. And luckily we do have this, Most mostly we have the same taste, and if we don't have the same taste in, like, the exact, if, if someone sends us something and one of us is like, yes, that's great, and the other one is like, are you sure? Then either mm. we talk each other through it or we scrap it because mm. the other person is more um, mm. um, able to overbevise. Uh, yeah, convince. Yes. Uh, so we do have a good work dynamic in that way. Mm. I don't think we've ever come across something where I'm like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. And you're like, well, we're over. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> yeah. No. So. What do you enjoy about working with comics specifically? It mm. can be like so many things, I guess. Mm. It could be like just one-off drawing. It can be like more like the classical stuff with the, you know, the more narrative mm-hmm. the squares in this in the pages it's like you can you can do so much mm. i also think what i enjoy with the anthology is making things fit together to mm. create like a whole not a whole story because every like a world maybe sort of and the mm. whole like the experience of the book that we made for example building or fragment um all the different stories got to make up a whole mm-hmm. and it's really really fun to put that together and again like editing is really fun just to kind of look what sort of story is told how can you tell it in the best possible way to have like that sort of not power but to have that sort of uh, uh opportunity i guess mm. is really fun mm. and to have i guess just a platform to uh come up with crazy ideas and actually go through with them like the whole thing about i still like three years in still i will be like doing some block stuff And it will hit me like, are we running a publishing house? Like, (laughs) what is going on? (laughs) And it's like at the top of my proud, um, like my list of proud stuff. Yeah. I'm trying not to say to-do list. I learned that. Have you heard of that? No. It's not a to-do list, a to-do list. Have you heard it? No. That sounds like somebody who's drinking an excessive amount of wine. Like like, like a self-help book. I actually know that. I don't remember who said it. I heard it through another podcast and then they credited someone else blah 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 I can f- I can find out but anyway a list of your ta-da stuff yeah. Yeah. yeah Brooke is like at the top all the yeah. time because it's um, we're so proud we are like, really proud yeah. it does kind of feel like because like, as, a, as a parent who is not a mom it feels like my child yeah because mm. it's like the mm-hmm. three like books we've published they look like like so good yeah it's oh, like yeah, the printing the yeah uh, the everyone we have uh, printed in them it's like or, mm. yeah it, everything looks so good mm. we have so many talented people who have oh, said yes sure. to contribute and it's ha- when we have really not liked something we have actually uh, skipped it yeah and said we weren't we won't yeah mm-hmm. I think for us sometimes we've looked at stuff and we thought If we open this book in two years' time and this story or this page is going to bother us, then yeah. we don't want it in. Mm, yeah. Um, so it has happened, like... A couple of times. Yeah. Been a couple of times. But that's also a part of it. I think we can't... I mean, sometimes we have contacted people based on what they have done before, mm. and then they have chose to kind of experiment or something, which is also fine, but it kind of clashes with the whole image that we had of the publication. Mm. So... 
yeah, a couple of times we've had to kind of tell people. Yeah, we've turned them down. Yeah. After they have. Paid them, though. We have. But turned them, them down. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. I think also that's a, for us, it has been kind of helpful to see um, if we're super happy with everything, but we see that one element that will maybe make us embarrassed of this book mm. 10 years mm. down the line. Who knows how we will feel about bidding in like five years. We'll be, yeah. we'll be back here and be like, we hate that book, yeah. it's terrible. But at least we know that we were like 100% behind it That's when true. we That's true. published it. Well, I mean, growing is different than regret, you true. know? Yeah. Like, uh, true. And I think no matter what you're doing or where you are, no matter when you look back on beginning projects, like, it should be, it should yeah. be like, ugh, mm. because you yeah. you should be growing. Yeah, true. Um, well, like, knock wood now is like, yeah. <laughs> we're working on our, like, next anthology. Maybe it's, I'm just waiting for that moment when we get something back from mm-hmm. the publisher and, and yeah. uh, from the printing. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, no, it's upside yeah. down or something yeah. Yeah. really bad happens. Yeah, yeah, we haven't really had much of those. No, it's just been like tiny stuff that only we can... Yeah, it hasn't been like. Be like, never look at page hundred and twenty-seven, and we'll be fine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That can just be like where you sign every time they come. Yeah, Yeah. now that page. (laughs) Um, But you guys identify as being kind of an independent publisher. Mm. Yes. Um, Can you explain for our audience who is listening maybe what the difference is between like uh, indie comics and non-indie comics? Uh, I would say the main aspect there is uh, money. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, we do. We try very hard to pay our contributors. Uh, that sounded wrong because it sounded like we sometimes don't. We always do. Like we <laughs> yeah. we apply for money from Cultura then mostly. Mm. And from the get-go, we tell our contributors that we're going to apply for money. Yeah. And if we don't get it, the project is not going to happen because, yeah. yeah, we really don't want... I mean, one of our main... That's also something we talked about in Stockholm that like it's really important for us to pay for good work or yeah. for work yeah. so we always pay but we don't know how much money we will get from Cultura that's true yeah. that's and true. 60% of that amount has to go to the contribu- contributors mm. and you know if we have like 10 people yeah mm. and we have like 20,000 yeah for sure it's yeah. not, it's not going to be that much but then they know that we have given them as much as, as we yeah. could yeah. but I think like um uh, one difference is that we know that we won't make a lot of money, so we just so we have like the luxury of mm. to to make like the projects the way we want. Yeah. As long as we are like even money wise, mm. we don't have an aspiration to earn a lot of money, or you know we have to have funding to publish something, mm. and you know that's that's it. So when you are more like a bigger publisher, you're like more money driven and you have to like mm. oh what paper what everything is decided out of low cost but we can just yeah i also feel like maybe they um publish stuff based on market research mm. <laughs> which we don't yep. i mean mm. whenever we publish stuff we think uh hopefully someone's gonna like it but it's not like oh this big segment i remember that actually someone interviewed us one time and they asked um is there like a segment or a hole in the Norwegian comic scenes the scene that you're trying to fill? Mm. And we were just like, no, no, we're not. Like we are doing this entirely for ourselves, yeah. which I think is um, a big difference because I feel like books or comics that are published by big commercial um, publishers will have to pay attention to whatever is happening in um, yeah. the literary scene or trends or whatever. And uh, we really... We'd never think about that, yeah. I think. The only thing, I think, is when we wanted to publish um, 
our translation, which was uh, Gina Winbrandt's Someone Please Have Sex With Me. Yeah. We did look at that and consider whether it would be popular on a Nor- like for the Norwegian market. Yeah. How but has that been doing? Pretty well. We're, We're sold, sold out, no? Yeah, we yeah. have well, four left. about as good as you can get. We have four left? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Grab them. <laughs> yeah. Which is really sad, though. I yeah. wish we had more, because we have sold really well. Yeah. So. It's funny, though, because we bought them, the rights to that book from uh, the publisher uh, that Gina Winbrand has in the States, and... In the contract, it says they're used to dealing with huge numbers, obviously. Mm-hmm. But in the contract, it states um, a book. What was it? Fewer than two hundred copies. If you have fewer than two hundred copies left, you can consider the book sold out. And we were, um, uh, what would you say? We were on inshipsordning at Kulturola. So our book was distributed to all the libraries. Mm-hmm. So we had like 195 left or something. Yeah. So we were like, oh, we're sold out then. <laughs> Maybe we should tell them now. Though. Yeah, yeah, right. We, yeah. I don't yeah. think we ever told so, them. So uh, we have been asked if we are going to do a, a rerun of it, but it costs so much to print it. Super mm. expensive. So yeah, that won't happen. No. Well, it's interesting when we talk about kind of like indie, it kind of comes to these terms of, of I think it's just not numbers necessarily with finances, but in terms of, it used to be how many books you would publish because you would obviously have the big like DC Marvel these were the guys and then you would have kind of like like the the little brothers of their own but now the word indie gets thrown around almost more than mainstream hmm. stuff um i mean there's there's like IDW is still considered a, an indie publisher and they're massive they're distributing my little pony comics to everywhere right. all the time it's like but they still identify as being indie yeah um and so when you have this happens a lot in the gaming industry as well which you know we work with the gaming industry is almost as big as the big developers and so people like regular audiences get confused a little bit of like, okay but like what does indie actually mean it means independent but independent from what mm. from the you know the big big brother grandfather companies or from are they going into niche markets or are they but i think it's easy enough like when working with with you guys and you guys because it's you know there's two of you yeah. and you have <laughs> three books and it's kind of more like it's more that like you are mothers who want light to be shone mm. shown yeah. on these babies like i like mm. these things like these yeah. are cool things uh but it's interesting to see at what point if you guys had published 200 books in 30 years yeah. Would you still be considered indie? True. I think maybe indie should like die. Well, qualify if, <laughs> or you can use that ter- term when there's like less money. Maybe yeah. Yeah, because like indie mm. films, indie books, it's like lower mm-hmm. budget. Yeah, that's it's how true. I think about it. Yeah. I also feel like it, the word has become a brand. Mm-hmm. They are a cooler. Definitely very. Yeah, good. like in American films. It's yeah. an indie film, so it's yeah. a cool film. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it o- so. obviously started as. Films on a lower budget. True. And then yeah. Mm. It became like Hollywood films. Yeah. Speaking of mainstream and stuff, like being publishers and, and like, how do I put this? Like, it's cool to read comics now. Yes. You know, like, I I am so fucking lucky that it's cool to be a nerd. Like, I, I never had a choice of, like, oh, am I going to choose to like these things? Like, no, I've I've always liked, I mean, for God's sakes, we do a and d podcast. Like, this is, like, <laughs> like I'm sold. I am t- I'm fitting snugly in that nerd box. Um, but it kind of is now to the point where it, 
uh, and we'll talk about this more and more in the second half, but the fact that something has exploded so much and is now so mainstream, like, how does that affect you guys do being like an indie publisher who's still kind of not in the spotlight? Like, uh, you're not publishing superhero comics, you're not publishing things in huge numbers. The fact that comics no. are mainstream, is it helping? Um, I think it's kind of hard to say because... In some way, in some way, I think we would be doing this anyway. Mm. But then again, if it wasn't mainstream, we probably wouldn't, or mainstream, quotation marks, mm. if it wasn't a big deal or a big business, we probably wouldn't even have been in Sweden. So like we wouldn't, yeah. 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 But I don't know. It's kind of hard. It's a hard question. I don't see what we do as mainstream, though, because we have to explain it to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That's it's true. Like, that's how true. many people actually buy it? It's like, okay, we're sold out from like Gina Winbrand, but... Yeah, that means we sold like thousand copies. Mm-hmm. It's not big. No, like, it's true. So I wouldn't call what we do as mainstream. mainstream? No. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wouldn't say, even though comics is more popular, it's I wouldn't call it mainstream. At least not like the more independent comic. Yeah, yeah. Mm. To use the word independent, but yeah. That's interesting because I mean you have the you know the biggest movies are all marvel like this isn't this isn't controversial like marvel is the thing right mm. now um but i don't always necessarily feel that that trickles down too much into like marvel 50 years ago is you know kind of how some publishers are now and i don't know how much those new like underground publishers in these like nerdy niches are benefiting from these big mainstream things even no. though people know the word comic or they know the word superhero. Uh, like, I don't think people who read like superhero stuff are into our, our stuff. Yeah, no. no. It's more like people who like like illustration or indie comics or design. or mm-hmm. yeah. Mm. Um, but I don't think we get any readers from the... Marvel crowd. <laughs> I think they see Captain Marvel and they're like, where is Block for like? Yeah. <laughs> I need to buy all their books. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about this idea of comics just being for kids? Because you guys don't work, I mean, you have a book about somebody wanting to have sex. Like, there's no, you know, it's not really for kids, necessarily. I think, uh, um, I used to work in a library. Mm. I actually still <laughs> I still work in a library. You just quit Whoops, right now. I just that, was, that was your education. <laughs> <laughs> no, I work in a library, but I used to work at Serieteke on at Grunelöka. Um they have an entire floor covered in comic books and uh we used to talk there. I'm not going to speak for everyone who works there now, but when I worked there, we used to talk about how um that claim was always thrown around like comics are just for kids yeah. and then when we looked for like good especially Norwegian but like also international we were looking for good comics for kids we weren't able to find them because we mm-hmm. were like even when people were kids like my dad in the 50s was reading Spider-Man mm-hmm. trying to figure out if Spider-Man was made in the 50s he was reading yeah. some <laughs> sort of superhero <laughs> comic um and they weren't necessarily for kids. It's just like this thought that mm. children read comic books. But when we started looking for them, we we're like, where are they? Because, mm-hmm. and I feel like that was a ten, nine, eight years ago, maybe. And things have improved. You have Amulet, you know, the Amulet mm-hmm. series. Sita, the space girl. 
I remember all these now because I still work in a library, but we have <laughs> lots of really good comics for kids that were not around even 10 years ago. So it's kind of hard because I know what you mean, like that mm. um, idea of comic books being for children. Yeah. Is something that people think a lot, but it's not really true, I think. No. No. Yeah, I wonder at what point it stopped being that. Because even way back when, when comics were for kids, when it was just Archie and Spider-Man, mm. even then they were freaking out because they were too violent and true. they were too... Yeah. So I don't really know when that was true, but everyone still has this reputation in their head that comics are for people... Maybe it's the imagination of it, yeah. the fact that the escapism of it, that they're like, oh, I don't have time for yeah. fantasy. I am a working woman. True. Like, or um, that it is drawings. Yeah, because that's. I think that's yeah. a really mm. good point because... Um, How dare you have imagination? Yeah, yeah but Only also there's... easy to read. Exactly. Yeah. It's easy to read because you have pictures and you have maybe three pieces of text and that makes it easy to read. I think that's a misconception. Yeah. Maybe that's the mm. main problem. It's interesting to dissect, though, because you're very right. Like, Like... Even the comics that I read that are kind of for kids, like uh, the one that's coming to mind now is Lumberjanes, mm, I think. Yeah. Um, which is just beautiful. It's like mm. the drawing, the, everything is so pretty. But even then, they're kind of, even though they're like going off on like adventures and like, you know, like at camp and like, yeah. you know, solving mysteries or something, like even then they're still talking about things in like in a slightly more adult way that it feels like they're trying to... Not mature the kids, but they're not talking down to them. No, you know, no. Uh, so it's not just like, well, like here's like here's me, you know, making fart noises and mm. walking around on rainbows. Like it's not like that at all. Like they, like all of these comics are. That's a good idea. Write it down. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it! I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't copyright that shit. Um, um, but yeah, but like you like whenever you pick up a comic, each and every one of them is like teaching something. Mm. There you go. Um, we're, we are winging it now. <laughs> like, my notes are gone. <laughs> Fuck, who are these guys again? <laughs> yeah. I, think I can. I, I actually made, made a comic book for kids, though. Yeah. I just realized. <laughs> well, it was, like, for everyone, though. I didn't have, like, a age group in mind when I made it. So I think it, it's suitable from, like, nine to 90. Mm. I use your comic book in my library work. Yeah. Because yeah, so, that one, you talk quite a bit about like uh, like kind of puberty coming of age, yeah, and so that's definitely relative relative um, to to kids, yeah, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, like. Uh, but I wasn't thinking about kids when I made it, probably mm. because I was thinking about uh, comics for kids as you know fart noises and rainbows, mm -hmm. and I was like, this is not that kind of comic, so it must be for adults then. So I yeah. I didn't have an audience in mind when mm. I made it. I just made. The story I wanted to make, and then it was sort of suitable for both kids and adults. I think writing for kids is something that's incredibly difficult. Uh, our actually next episode, uh, we're talking with the the Norwegian Children's Book Institute to talk about like mm. how do you write for kids, like what are the challenges, what are the rewards of it. Um, so yeah, so if anyone is you know curious, check us out next month. Um, <laughs> But yeah, but this idea that comics is, is only for a certain type of person or a certain type of thing, and that person is not me, never, never, mm. um, or rather is only for me. Uh, like, you know, comics are only for white men. They're only mm. for these things, which we will get into in the second half. And speaking of the second half, uh, we will take a small break here. Uh, for those of you who are listening to us now, uh, you get the pleasure, uh, the privilege, if you will, of listening to the second episode of our... Uh, 
our D&D podcast. Uh, so if you guys listened to us last month, um, well, if you haven't, I'd recommend going back and listening to at least the intermission so you know what in the world is going on. Um, and we'll see you guys in, you know, about uh, 15, 20 minutes. Previously on The Adventures of the Jolly Gang, our adventures, Mir, the lovable half-orc, Ivry, the adorable human cleric, Alfonso, the witty musician gnome, and Lorax, our friendly giant Fyrbolg. These adventurers find out about a very exciting event that is happening in the city of Leifanyiki. The Trials. These trials are guaranteed to bring money, fame, and fortune, but at possibly a terrible price, as most people don't come back from them. Although our adventurers aren't alone, they have three friends with them. Alvord, the man who runs the local pub, and Lug and Drugon, who are particularly fond of our young Ivry. What does the trial hold? Will they be able to tackle its challenges? Find out now in... Alright. Dere går ikke ned den trappa lenge. Det er som å gå ned i en kjeller. Før dere kommer ned til den her grotta. Og den huleingang her. Som er høyt under taket, og det er dim belysning. Opplyst av noen enslige fakler. Så det er fem fakler som lyser opp fem dører. Tre til venstre for dere, og to til høyre for dere. Allikevel så er det en dør i midten. Hvis dere går rett frem, som er større enn de andre. Den er faktisk massiv. Så stor er den. Og det er den som tiltrekker seg mest oppmerksomhet enn de små. Også i midten av rommet så er det et form for et alter. Et slags steintavle som ligger vendt mot dere. Der dere kommer ned. Ok, så jeg stoler ikke på de tvillingene. Nei, de er her, ja. Så jeg følger med på deg. De visker og tisker de hverandre. Sånn som de gjorde utenfor. Litt sånn. Ok, jeg fortsetter å følge med på deg. Jeg satser på at de er rundt meg, de to som druger noen legg. Og han har nærmest til deg. Den gamle mannen har nærmest til deg. Han er noen av dem mine. Kan vi gjøre som en perception check for å se hvis jeg symboler eller noe som jeg kan... Og du får med deg alt som stikker ut utover disse dørene. Du kan se at over hver enkelt dør så er det et våpenskjold, eller et symbol. Åh nei. Du ser også at det står skrevet noe på denne steintavlen som er i midten. Og du kan også se at i den store døra rett foran dere, den som ser faretruen ut, så er det noen nøkkelhull. Kan jeg lese den skrift som står på avtalen? Det kan du. Hva står det? Der står det... Husk gudene. 
Nullstress. Dere, jeg er ikke den smerteste, men jeg tror kanskje vi må finne nøklene inn i de andre dører, så kanskje det blir en nøkkel som går inn i den hoveddøren der. Aha. Jeg har lyst til å sjekke ut den første døra. Til venstre. Den første til venstre? Ja, jeg har lyst til å kikke litt grunnig på den. Ivrig, du ser også at det er ikke fem nøkkelhull på den store døra. Er det bare en? Det er tre. Men det er fem dører! Herregud! Åh, dette husker jeg! Sier Alvor. Ja, jeg vil sånn bøye meg ned og si Du, hva husker du fra broren sin som pøvelser? Kan du hjelpe oss nå? Hva husker du? Jeg husker at det sto på steintavlen Husk gudene! Ja, det står det her også! Ja, det gjør det. Det visste vi jo. Det er det jeg husker akkurat nå. Er det ikke noe mer du husker å sånne her som sånne? Jeg mater noen goodberries. Åh, de er så gode, men! De bærer meg for gode! Åh, jo, jeg husker at vi gikk inn en dør. Vi? Ja. Har du med? Nei. Hvordan kan du huske det da? Ja, ok. Han retter litt på kjortelen og tørker seg etter pappaen. Ja, vi gikk inn en dør. Vi? Jeg! Han! Du vil til venstre. Jeg vil til venstre. Hva synes dere? Han skal opp fra toppen. Jeg er bare med gjengen, jeg. Det er gjengen vi legger med, liksom. Mir går inn den venstre, døra til venstre. Du går rett inn? Ja. Yes! Døra smeller opp. Hva står symbolen over døren? Det er en brenne ambolt. Hva er ambolt på norsk? Jeg vet på engelsk. Anvil. Oi! Oi, oi, oi! Oi, oi, oi! Og dere har alle lov til å kaste en religion check på det. Ja, nei, men dere alle ser det. Denne brennende ambolten, det er selvfølgelig symbolet til Moradin. Selvfølgelig. Moradin? Gunn for skapelse. Derfor ambolten. Ser vi noe inn i dette rommet? Jeg stormer inn. Yes, du ser foran deg. Det har jeg også. Du ser også foran deg. Jeg ser, det er ganske mørkende, så jeg skal kaste den cantrip light. Så jeg tar på meg show. Men hun prøver å ta på seg, men den bare tar på brystene sine. Så det er som to store lamper. Så løper hun ut med to selvlysene. Og de shed bright light in a 24-hour. If the target you've, after you've targeted is is held by a hostile creature, so some monster comes and grabs my boobs later on, then he has to do a dexterity saving throw. Wow. So, Ivri tenner frontlyktene sine, og lyser opp denne gangen, dere som allerede så litt, for å komme videre inn i et rom. Og da bare slenger jeg den, dette lille, dere kan få lov til å plassere dere hvor dere vil her. Er det som inn her? Er dette legg og brugan? Hvor mange har vi her nå? To, 
4 6 och 1 till 7 8. Dessa tvillingarna ja. blir med en hit. Okay. De blir en i startrummet. Smart. Mhm. Jag snurrar och frågar. Ska inte det bli med? Det visker sig mellan men svarar inte. Blås raspberry. Eh, kan jag överbevisligen bli med? Gå pröva. Jag har plus 7 i persuasion. Eller kan jag göra ett All right. Jag vill bara göra det så vanligt för dig som bara som elva. Okej. Oh. Wow. Okay. Så du snurrar med dessa lysande puffner dina och lyser ned över här medan du försöker att charmera dem eller övervisa dem. men det starka lyset gör att de ser ingenting annat än ett starkt vitt lys. Så du fick det dessvärre inte till. Han starkt liksom bara så att bli med. Om att lysa. I den sista dere går in i detta rumme så är er det som om dörren bak dere smälter in i väggen. Okej. Så där är ingen väg ut. Åh nej, det är det. Vi passerar samman gängen. Alla ser en stor by, en miniatyrby laget av sand. Uh, den är er väldigt detaljrik. Eh, uh, som fick över 15, du fick 16. Ja. Eh, uh, ser att på andra sidan här så är er det en kiste. Kiste. Chest. Men så är er det en liten som perfekt by mellan oss ja. och kisten. Lagd av sand. Jag kan jag se en statue mitt i byen. Jo, du gör faktiskt det. Att här så är er det faktiskt en statue. Nice. I det Mir ser att det är er en by av sand, så utbrunt Sankose! <laughs> Och så binder du en pixie emot. Yes. Uh, Flytta själv. Binder och lecka. Utan en square gången. <laughs> Men det är er verkligen Sankose. Och det är er alla stora drömmar att något som är er så flott byggt upp i det du river det ned så sprutar det sand överallt och lite på det också. Eh, och eh, det är er fantastiskt. Du får eh, ett par sekunder eh uplaget med lek här, hvor du får rive och dytte disse fantastiska tårnene som är er, eh, er nydligt detaljerat alltså. Eh, för en Hon kommer upp av sanden och griper dig. Det är er en skelettton. Oh, nej. Och graven upp av sandkassan det här så kommer det ett skeletthode som öppnar den benete hakepartiet sitt och kommer med förfärlig skrik. Och bröler mot dig. Jag bröler tillbaka. Du bröler tillbaka. Og, så att den här förfärliga skapningen bryter sig upp av sand här. Och nu kommer så på alla benen, två benen sina och slår efter dig. Men för det så får du göra det. Yes, jag griper efter min stridsöx. Yes. Lyfter den över huvudet och det är bröler så 
glad jeg bare det gir jeg løs. Yes, kast løs. Så, du kløyver nesten vesenet her. Så halve skjelettet blir revet, men den klarer fremdeles å stå på ett bein, vinglene foran deg. Mens den fremdeles skriker til deg. Er det jeg neste? Jeg ser en som skjelett som kommer ut av sandet. Stemmer. Å nei, å nei, å nei, å nei, å nei! Jeg skal flesse tre karakterer. Vi får en bonus. Hvis de vil. Gjør du det til alle? Som Myr, Lorax og Alfonso. Så det, jeg skal gjøre, å nei, å nei. Og hun tar sin begge hender og bare setter de over øynene til de som drugene og legg. Så de kan ikke se på alt som voldsomt som skjer nå med skjelettet. Å nei, å nei, å nei, Gud hjelp meg! Og bare sånn sprøyer ut som gode vibes til de. Gud, det er det å si sånn. Så det er blessed. Blessed da. Jeg er ikke greit at det er alt. Jeg har det power! Jeg har det power! Deretter er det Dugan og Legg som har hendene dine foran øynene sine. Varme hender. Så de gjør ingenting. Litt spennende. Litt fuktig. Så de avventer, de gjør ingenting. Deretter er det Lorax. Jeg er ikke så langt vekk, så jeg kan springe bort deg. Det kan du. 5, 10, 15. Og så bare slår jeg med pinnen. Så i det du går inn her, så river du ned to squares med sandslott. Bygningene smuldrer opp rundt deg. Og i et kort sekund så slipper du å tenke på det før et par nye hender kommer gripende opp. Jeg burde ikke gjort det. Det var en tabbe. Og disse skriker i kor. To stykk! Å nei, å nei! Og disse skriker også i smerte og i... Som om en by hadde falt over dem. Jeg slår med pinnene, jeg da. Første som står her, den er nesten helt splittet nær ryggraten. Hodet henger litt sånn slapt, mens den ulrer det likevel. Så du treffer. Jeg prøver også å slå det som er sånn. Hei, bad, bad. Du treffer, og det er akkurat det som skjer. Yes! Hopper av. Akkurat i det hodet popper av, så slutter den å skrike. Og blir helt lille, så hodet... Hva må vi for nå? Vi må holde hodet på. Sett det tilbake! Det gjelder oss, ikke de andre. Er du sikker på det? Han sa at det blir vanskelig. Vil du at det er deg som skal vinne? Jeg vil at alle vinner. Er det lov? Så dere følger alle med på dette ene hodet som flyr av og treffer sanden her på andre siden. I det ingenting skjer. Og det ligger helt sånn i ro. Vi sitter det på scenen. Da er det deg, Alfons. 
klarer jeg å se om kisten ser åpen ut. Med tanke på lås? Ja, er det, er det et nøkkelhull på den? Uh, Nej, det er det ikke. Det ser faktisk ut som en litt sånn... Uh, et smykkeskrin. Et smykkeskrin, ja. Uten lås? Ja. Uh, ser det ut til at det er mulighet til å løpe rundt uh, sandslottsakene og komme bort dit? Nej, ikke. Det ser ut som med denne byen berører veggene på veggsiden. Ah, forstår. Uh, ok, uh, jeg har lyst til å kaste Vicious Mockery på et av disse skjelettene. Aha. Fint. Uh, <laughs> og så roper jeg til uh, sånn typen. Uh, du er ikke så skummel som du kanskje tror du er. <laughs> Burn! Sit down! Oh, drop. <laughs> ikke vær så slem! <laughs> Gud ser på deg! Neste liv, liksom. Så det her skrikende hovedskallen med litt sånn dryppende flesh snur seg mot dig. Og i det du roper disse forferdelige tingene til han, så synker pitchen i skriket litt. Det er sånn... Og et sånn enkelt tår. Det er disse monstrenes tur. Og den der tingen her, den snur seg og skjemler ut. Åh, uh, jævlig. Og gir deg et... Uh, Takk for en opportunitet. Det stemmer. Som en kommer lave, fornærmede pitchen sin. Det et hogg kommer bakfra Og kløyver skallen og rygger han i to Som smuller ned på bakken her Og er ikke noe mer Jeg knipser sånn pistol mot uh, Mot deg Nice Finger Jeg snur meg rundt og Prøver å se hva du prøvde å treffe med Denne siste uh, uh, Skjelettingen slår løs mot deg, Lorax Nei Bommer miserabelt. I den slappe armen slår ned mot luft foran deg. Mens dette skriket i smerte og sinne fortsetter. Han plakser vilt med armene, bare sånn i luften. Med en tom klakking av bein mot bein. Hvordan ser denne skapningen ut nå da? Ja, den står her da. Den står, for dere som har observant nok, ser at denne skapningen ødelegger ikke byen den står på. Åh nei. Så denne står her uten. Det er som om beina dens glir inn i bygningene. Så sanden former seg bare rundt beina. Men det er ditt initiativ. Yes, jeg roper DUKK til Lorax. Kan jeg gjøre det? Eh, og så hugger jeg til med stridsøksen min og forsøker å hugge av den hodet. Men jeg flytter meg ikke. Nei. Ja. Åh, oh, 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 oh. hit og en 19. Ok. Ok. Så er det Lorax som dukker, og du 
lener deg fremover, står nesten på ett bein og slenger øksa deg fremover. Så kløyver du det skjellettet her, som pent fordeler kroppene sine på hver sin side av rommet. I den den også smuldrer bort, og er dobbelt så død som den allerede var. <laughs> og stillhet samler seg igjen. Så nå er vi ut av initiativ. Vi kan vi beholder initiativet. Okay. Men uh, dere møver uh, på et eller annet grunn. Yes. <laughs> Skal ikke som tenke så mye på det, mm. men <laughs> jeg føler uh, for nå nå slåss vi ikke. Nei. Så nå har dere evne til å gjøre litt sånn fritt yeah. igjen da. Det er staten. Det er noe mer da. Det er en statur. Og hver gang vi har ødelagt bygninger, så har det dukket opp stygginger. Du er oh. smart! Han er en bard, vet du. En intelligent, ja. Han sa han var veldig flink på gåter. Jeg løy ikke. Nå tror jeg på det. Jeg er også veldig ærlig. Var det det? Ja. Ja, jeg visste det. <laughs> Så kanskje vi skal prøve å nå den kista uten å ødelegge ting. Siden jeg sikkert er det min tur neste. Ja. Som ish. Hun skal prøve å sånn, sikkert gi sånn acrobatics og prøve å sånn nesten som Scooby-Doo. Som en fot og en fot oh. og en fot som gjennom gatene Alright. til kysten. Yes. Ja, for du står på kanten der, ja. Mm -hmm. uh, med rulle så kommer du halvveis gjennom gatene her. Der. Yes, du får snirke litt deg, akkurat sånn som du sier, at du liksom skimmer litt uh, flate føtter i mellom gatene. Jeg skal gatene. si til de to menn som var med meg før, de som kroppsvakter, og <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, si, bare vent dere, det er alt for farlig at dere kan bli med, bare stå der og vent på meg. Uh, og kan jeg se noe av skulpturen som er nå i midten, den som, hvor stor er den sånn skulpturen? Og... Uh. Sammenlignet med byen, som også er litt sånn høy, det ser ut som... Og med meg, kan vi si det sånn. Ja, den når deg opp til kneet. Opp til kneet? Ja. Eh, men du får et nærmere syn av den nå som du kommer eh, så tett på. Og du kan se at det er en... Den skiller seg ut fra byen. Litt sånn som du, når du så spesifikt sa, Lorax, at det er en statue her. Så det er tydelig at det er en statue. Så hvor alle bygningene er av helt vanlig sand, så er denne statuen... Eh, nesten litt sånn svart. Kan jeg prøve å plukke den opp? Det kan du. Så det du plukker opp denne statuen, ja. så synker all sand ned. Oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, I'm so sorry! <laughs> oh, unnskyld, faen, faen, unnskyld! Jeg er fint da! Du prøver å sette den tilbake. Du prøver å sette den tilbake fort og bare som sette sand over det, så ingen legger vært. Det var helt som ødelagt alt. <laughs> Når du setter den tilbake, ja. så vokser byen opp igjen. Akkurat slik den var. Oi, og så hun bare som legger vært til deg, og så fjerner den igjen. Yes. Og så den tilbake. Og så fjerner den igjen. Og så den tilbake. Vi synes at det er kjempegøy å begynne å klasse. Ja. Vi ser å holde den. Ja, hva skal jeg gjøre med det? Skal jeg sitte på eller av? Kan du holde den i to sykkel? Ja. Så går jeg bort til kista. Og så ser jeg... Kast den ned. Ok. Vi skal plukke den opp. Og så kaste den til ham. Ikke nettegn, men en. Men du får ikke tatt imot da, men uh, denne statuen da flyr gjennom luften ganske sånn. Uh, og så treffer bakken ved siden av deg, 
I mangel av bedre ord, knuser og blir små sandkorn. Åh oh, nei, unnskyld! Åh oh, nei, åh oh, nei, åh oh, nei, unnskyld! Unnskyld! Det var min fel. <laughs> nei, det var sikkert ikke fordi du var blest. <laughs> du brukte sikkert den! <laughs> nei, men det går bra, det visste ikke Kan jeg dytte denne sanden, for den er svart, sånn? Ja. Kan jeg bare dytte den tilbake opp i sandkassen? Ja, det må du gjerne gjøre. Nå er byen helt flatt, så ja. du dytter sandkornene tilbake på den flatte byen som forblir flatt. Ja, det er ikke noe by der lenger. Åh, staten er svart. Venn opp, venn opp, venn opp. Kan jeg bruke mending? Du, du kan. Mending? Ja, ok. Ok, så du, du mender statuen tilbake. Hey! Ja, det er en statue igjen. Åh, oh, oh, takk Gud! Men ta og sjekk oh. den kista da. Jeg har en følelse at denne statuen ikke har noe med kista å gjøre egentlig. For det var planen min. <laughs> Skal jeg bare som sette den på toppen? Eller? Jeg passer den inn i nøkkelhålet. Ja, det er ikke noe nøkkelhålet. Borti kista, og så hever jeg stridsøksa sakte for å se om jeg kan kløyve kisten. Stopp! Ja. Stopp! Ikke kløyv kista! Med øksa i hånda. Hvorfor ikke det? Se om den er åpen, da. Ok. Jeg prøver å åpne den. Okay. Den åpner seg. Yes! Mm -hmm. Hva ser du? Nå i bunnen av enkel nøkkel. Jeg ser en nøkkel! Topp, ta den med, da. Ok. Og med overraskende, hoppe si, eleganse, så plukker hun opp den lille fine nøkkelen av kisten og bærer den forsiktig over. Ja. Til andre siden av sandkassa. Du får en liten applaus fra Alfonso. Det er en Åh, bra! Så flinke! Vi en curtsy igjen. Overraskende elegant. Så, nei, kjempebra. Dere ender opp på andre siden her igjen. Og døren som smeltet inn i veggen har nå gjort seg til syne igjen. Men jeg er litt sånn... Det jeg skal gjøre, er at jeg se alle i hovedskallene. Kan jeg bare plukke de opp, for vi må passe på hodene. Ja, 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 vi må ta med oss hodene. Så jeg skal plukke opp alle de tre som falt av, og ta dem med meg, og bare ha dem som en bare de. Og kanskje finne dem litt. Kan jeg låne litt hau? Så kan jeg tette og sette i beltet min. Ja, men jeg trenger bare tre feet, som en meter hau. Ok, kutta av i meter. Jeg har ingen kniv. Jeg låner deg. Du låner av meg. Ok, nå har jeg som tre hovedskaler på bildet mitt. Yes. Sett inn i inventory. Eller gå... Tok du statuen da? Også det. Ja. Og så går dere ut av rommet igjen? Ja. Supert. And there we will stop for the evening. Welcome back. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, was the International Women's Day. Yes. Uh, and so I thought that it would be kind of interesting with this whole munch, munch, uh, march. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> uh, this whole march thing, uh, you know, talking a little bit more, not necessarily just, not just being angry, feminists, but actually having a discussion about what it's like, about um, some of the silly things that you hear, 
we've had a, a guest or two on the podcast before that have said a few things that like you really want to talk more about, but then you're taking a, a 90 degree turn from where mm. the podcast is supposed to go. Mm. And I'm like, all right, put a peg on that, come back to it later. Um, specifically about, it's just, it's, it's about women. Like it's always just about this, com- like a, a complete uh, inability to understand there's different perspectives, I guess, mm. in life, mm. um, even from super, super nice people. Um, so I thought just kind of sitting down and talking about that a little bit might be interesting, at least. Mm. Um, because, as we mentioned before the break, uh, po- uh, um, comics are still kind of considered a male thing. Like, it is guys who look at them and write them and read them and buy them. And even though we know that's obviously not true, um, why do you think it's still considered to be for boys? This is the boys club. Mm. Traditionally, it has been a very male scene. But um, I feel like whenever I always get really annoyed when someone gets asked in the media, for example, an artist that is interviewed and one of the questions is like, how is this for you as a woman? Mm. And it's kind of cliched, but it is you wouldn't ask a man that question. No. So in a way, I feel like whenever you talk about whenever one talks about the comic scene being like a male scene, Mm. I do feel that it kind of. Um, what would you say? It like pushes that stereotype. Yeah, sort of. While acknowledging the problem that it is still a very male scene, so it's kind of Mm. um. I was looking at when you sent us some of your notes beforehand. I was looking at that, and I, I was trying to kind of make up my mind, uh, how to kind of talk about this, but it's very hard because like talk about it without talking about it. Kind of yeah. uh, Um, I can talk about it from my experience as a comic artist. Um, cause I've been asked that question, uh, by journalists mm. and that's the only time I'm thinking about being a woman making comics. Mm. I've never thought about it when it comes to male colleagues or female colleagues. Uh, there's so many women who makes comics in Norway. Yeah. Um, and there's, I've been thinking so much about it. There's n- I've never experienced anything while working mm. in that scene mm. that has made me think, oh, this is done to me because I'm a woman or this hasn't mm-hmm. been done to me because I'm a woman. The only time I'm experiencing this is when I get asked that question yeah. on stage by journalists. Mm. So that that is the problem. They mm. are asking the question, but there isn't a problem for me working yeah. in this independent comic scene yeah. in uh, Norway. I think Norway is a beautiful country specifically because of that. Mm. Like uh, a lot of the traits that I love so much in my husband, I realize are shared just in Norway. Like Norway is a place where they really talk about equality. They really talk about um, uh, human rights in general. Like they're really concerned about it. They want to make sure that everyone is happy having equal opportunities. We can discuss whether that's true or not forever. uh, But the point is, is that people try really, really hard that that's a priority. Um, so that's really interesting that it hasn't been such a big deal for you guys. That's mm. fantastic. Like, that's mm. that's really, really good. Yeah, because I'm uh, thinking it's a problem if there's opportunities that are denied to you because of your sex. And that's mm. I've never experienced that when it comes to my work. That is like mm. there, that there is something that I feel I'm mm. obliged to or something I have deserved but haven't gotten or I haven't been acknowledged or like or just like. Mm. comments or it's like i've been treated like really respectfully like Mm. mm. i know a lot of comic artists in the u.s it's hard because like i'm 
I now I'm teetering the line of like where I live now and where like I, you know, living in Norway, but then having my background being from the U.S. and my experience and my culture from there, because it's still a rampant wildfire in the U.S. Uh, with with these issues of of you know women making a feminist comic and then suddenly getting death threats and suddenly like, <laughs> uh, and so it's fantastic and uh, supremely relieving uh, to be living in a country where that's not not an issue, mm-hmm. like uh, um. We had an, an exhibition with um, the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund about, uh, God, it's probably almost four years ago now. <laughs> um, um, but anyways, we uh, was talking about uh, anti-censorship, and this was, uh, coincidentally, this wasn't on purpose, but it was just like two weeks after the Charlie Hebdo attacks, which was uh, probably has a better date than whether it was four years ago or not. Um, but anyways... Um, we just had that exhibition. We were working with the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund, uh, where they give free support to uh, like uh, lawyer advocacy work um, for comic artists to to f- combat censorship. Uh, and so we were collecting uh, art, and then we were going to sell it, and then uh, whatever we got went to that fund. Um, but almost all of the comics, uh, not all of them, but I. A, a significant enough portion of it was people fighting censorship with imagery that was almost always of women mm. like in horrible situations mm. and it was like just because we're anti-censorship doesn't mean that you have to murder women like doesn't mean that like <laughs> like, like uh, it was always these images of like either gratuitous sex or gratuitous violence against women mm. and it was just kind of striking me of like you never hear about people talking about freedom of speech and using that as a defense when it's not something that we probably shouldn't be doing mm-hmm. uh, and especially in the comics industry what i've read from the internet, this might not be the best. <laughs> I'll admit it; it might not be the best like uh, source of information. Um, <laughs> but every single time you hear people using the the argument, yeah, it's you know free speech. I can say what I want. It's always about things. It's like you probably. It's like yes, you're right. You have free speech, but you're still being an asshole. Exactly. Kind of thing. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and it's almost always against women. Like of you'll course. never like uh, you won't ever hear it talked so much about. At, um. um with 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 um you know ethnicities or cultures or um it's almost always like yeah we're going to torture women in our comic book but we get free speech and if you don't like it then you're disrupting our free speech mm. yeah jesus i had one experience actually that i just thought of with um when i was working as a writer mm. when i just graduated journalism school and i still had uh ambitions to become a journalist which i no longer have cuz yeah. i didn't like it figures out um <laughs> Anyway, I wrote uh, this piece for an online magazine about Milo Minara's Spider-Woman cover. Do mm. you remember? I think that's four or five years ago. Yeah, but it was like super sexy, right? Very sexy yeah. and very uh, sexual. Yeah. And for no good reason. It was for just, no good reason. Yeah. And I wrote the comment, and it's kind of been bugging me ever since because um, it got published on Dagbladet, big mm. Norwegian news website, and I was a very nervous um journalist at that point like i'm still nervous but i was feeling very new as a feminist i was feeling very insecure in like how to uh state my opinions blah 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 and i feel like had it happened now i would have written a much better piece i would have kind of been able to stand up for myself because mm. they wanted to interview me on the radio and i was just like i do not want to talk about this in public because it's scary yeah because obviously my piece got a lot of comments uh that um People 
disagreed with me, which is fine. Like you don't have to agree with me, but、mm. a lot of people obviously went for my、uh, gender and my appearance, which、mm. is like sure that really colors my opinion. But it's really relevant. Yeah, like- <laughs> so relevant, and it was kind of weird because this piece was shared on some comic pages on Facebook, some comic groups, and. This one guy got super, super angry with me because he did not agree, and he said that if I could only see my own sexual preferences in、uh, illustrations, then I was not a professional journalist. In like,、uh, I see this picture, I think it's sexist because this is the way that I would want to have sex, or <laughs>、huh. I don't know. It was super offensive, and I was just like. That was the argument that he had, yeah. And it had to be like you, as a sexual woman, how dare you talk about sexuality, you know?、Yeah. And it was just so frustrating. And obviously, it's it's annoying now because I know that now I would have been way angrier. I would have reacted in a <laughs> much stronger way than I did.、Mm. I basically ran and hide,、uh, hid from it because I didn't like it. Yeah. But that was also a thing that I I think that was my first experience, and it wasn't like.、Um, Directly related to like comic work or works work in comics, but being a woman on the internet, you know, that's、mm-hmm. how dare you even exist. So that was super scary. I just realized that, that I have a couple of experiences, like when I've been thinking about being a female, and that is、uh, when I've been invited to、uh, ex- to take part in exhibitions or be in a panel, and like we're all women, and that's like. The, the only thing we have in、oh, common, and、God. our work is really different. And I'm thinking, why are we here together? It's、yeah. just like suddenly, it's like we have an exhibition with Scandinavian、mm. female comic artists. So guys, like, you all have boobs. Yeah,、or? and it's like,、yeah. why? Because we're not like even making like feminist comics, or we don't have anything in common. Like、no. our work doesn't have anything in common.、Mm-hmm. It's just like made by women. Would you love、That's, to see the panel be like, you guys are men? And、yeah. artists,、yeah. uh, how does、so、that work out、uh, for you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely.、Oh、my God. So that's a bit odd. It, it, it generates some quite weird discussions or conversations when you don't have anything in common. You just like put in there, and it's like, okay, yeah. Now, how are we, your boobs feeling today? Yeah, exactly. Now right, we、yeah. talk. <laughs> Isn't it hard to have a boob hanging on the paper when you draw? Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you just get these like splotch marks on there. Yeah, this yeah. Is, yeah. I mean, there's so much. I saw this um this kind of meme one day that was talking about、uh, women writing comics, and they're talking about、uh, you know how women are just the problem isn't that women are being idealized; it's that there's only one kind of representation a lot of times in these in these comic books. Like you have to be the sexy sidekick. Like there's no there's no or if you're the main character, you have to be the sexy femme fatale. Like you,、mm. there's no there's no middle ground, or you can be the mom or the sister, like the younger sister who has to like. But either way, like there's no. And anything outside of that is the feminist agenda, <laughs> and and it was really interesting to see because、um, they're like, yeah, but here's like you know men being oversexualized in comic. Here's Conan the Barbarian who's like just all muscles, and they said like, yeah, but that's still the male ideal. Like yeah, like seeing Conan the Barbarian is like this this pack of muscles and sweat and blood. It's still the male ideal,、um, and so women were writing comics that were supposed to be super super sexy. Uh, it would be way more like、um, the. It's hard to describe things with words, with like a picture.、Mm. <laughs> um, I don't know if that was a good sentence, but <laughs>、uh, a picture's worth a thousand words. There we go. 
but it was the drawing that this, this artist had made was like this like super almost like spider-man-esque like very limber very like mm. um was like very um dexterous uh and was like a little bo- a little bit more like emotionally sensitive a little bit more um and uh and it just made all of the the male comments just really uncomfortable because they're like oh but this isn't my ideal like i don't i don't understand this i don't like uh and it was an interesting take on even when we're talking about like sexiness uh it's always going to be seen from the male ideal it's oh, never sure. going to be mm-hmm. seen from like the the woman's point of of being sexy in her own right or her own yeah for her through her own opinion i guess Mm. Mm. Yes. <laughs> uh, I think what we see um, uh, a lot of times when you have these kinds of covers with like over-sexualized women or um, these comics where women are only, a lot of it is America, so maybe it's not super as relevant to Norway. I haven't ever read a comic in Norway that has been this <laughs> necessarily, but uh, you guys are probably familiar with the tropes at least. Um, of uh, um, what is it called? Um, yes, whenever you have these arguments of women, quote unquote, complaining about having unfair representation, uh, the retort is always, "Why don't you just make it yourself? Uh, why don't Why don't you just create your you know go to school for this whole thing and learn design and and." you know, become a comics creator and then get as much acclaimed attention um, and then make a comic about what you want to make. And then when that happens, they're told that it's unsellable. <laughs> so even when you have comic creators who are making content that's not specifically about, uh, you know, from the kind of male ideal, they're told it's unmarketable and they don't get picked up as much. Uh, as producers and publishers yourselves, do you guys have any extra insight on that or any opinions? Mm. Well, we did get a few comments when we first started out that we had a lot of women in our books. Mm. Um, Is that what you mean? Mm. Yeah, because what you're asking about is like, that's more in like the American Marvel scene. It's It's definitely more in like the big, the big Marvel DC. But um, we have been asked like, yeah, we have a lot of female contributors, but we have never thought about it. Like Mm -mm. we should have this amount or... Uh, we ask so many people to contribute and maybe like one third say yes. Mm-hmm. And it just so happens that mostly women have said yes. Women are better at answering email, I think we yeah. can say. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and we have had people asking us when we're selling our stuff at first. And it's like, mm. is it is it only girls in this? And it's like, no, why, yeah. why do you ask? Is it because we're selling it or is it yeah. maybe how it looks maybe it looks a bit girly or stuff i don't i don't know no. but we have men and we've never thought about like oh we need to have a 50 50 share or Mm-mm. anything we could make a book with just men contributing as well if it just so happened that all the men would answer the emails True. and mm. yeah so you guys don't have an agenda of like we no, have no, to no. increase the representation no we just want to make stuff that looks good yeah. and we pick artists to make stuff we like and it's interesting the second that you have two women in the position of quote-unquote power that is immediately considered to be a feminist company mm. oh yeah mm. um, and of course we do have it in, in mind sometimes when we pick like contributors that we ask or it's mm. like what do we want to mm. you know show and mm. who do we like and you know but i, I think it just 
we don't sit down with an agenda. We just make what we like and we ask people that we respect. And, you know, mm. it turns out the way it turns out. I definitely agree that it's a problem. I just feel like it is based on what I read on the Internet and the various uh, usually Instagram accounts that I follow mm. in the States. I can definitely recognize the problem. Yeah. It's just be- based on our work. We don't meet um, as many issues with it. But yeah. I like I definitely I do not want to say that it's not a problem because mm. I feel like I spoke weirdly before. Like I definitely see that it's a problem. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a problem in general. Yeah, in like bigger scope kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. But when it comes down to our little company and yeah. our work on a day to day basis, mm-hmm. yeah, it's that's it's, kind of an advantage of having your own company as well. Is that you can kind of like pick and choose your problems a little bit. Like um, if you're like no, like I don't want to represent or work with that kind of thing. Like it doesn't have to be a problem. Like no. you're always gonna have problems. You don't get to avoid no for problems. sure. But I think but, one way we're lucky quotation mark is that we don't do this for a living. I think yeah. it would be different if we did it for a living because the way I do think we would have to compromise more if we did this. This was the only thing we did to make money. We would definitely have to think differently. Mm-hmm. For now, it's more of a um, project that we do because we think it's fun. I think from the start, we said that the moment we don't think this is fun anymore, then we're not going to do it. It's yeah. not going to be like, it's going to be a brand that takes over the world. It's just, it's for our own pleasure, which yeah. I think is maybe, yeah, I guess you do, we do get to kind of choose <laughs> choose our problems more than... A person working with comics in the States, for yeah. sure. Yeah, because if you guys were the same kind of company, trying to have a, the exact same concept in LA, like it would be a different scenario like, mm. entirely. And it's and Norway's like, tiny. Like whenever mm. we contact people, it's pretty much people we already know or yeah. have met. Mm. So it's not, um, at least now we rarely have to introduce ourselves. We don't have to be like, we started this company, this is what we want, blah, blah, blah. Mm, yeah. um, most people in the comic scene have heard of us. Mm. And I feel that we've been like really supported yeah. like mm. by the other small indie publishers in the comic scene yeah. that they have welcomed us. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And I agree. Journalists and yeah. Uh, what I think we've been good at is just trying new stuff that we don't know how to do, like we talked about earlier. And I think sometimes women think they have to be really good at something before they do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Fair point. But we've been doing it sort of the, the male way. And uh, sometimes I've been thinking, like, I need to think like a man. What would a man do? Mm. <laughs> uh, and don't they say that um, something, a meme or something, where it says, carry yourself with the confidence of a white man. A mediocre white man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah, have yeah. a coffee cup that says it's that. So yeah. <laughs> it's so true. It's but true. <laughs> it's, um, it, it's like, it's, I have it in the back of my mind. Well, like, I did a study, actually, that said uh, with women, specifically talking about women with uh, job applications, um, and then also women in... Um, test study scores things like this uh that women consistently score better on tests we consistently score better on things where you prepare ahead of time Mm. uh, that we do consistently better Mm. but men can still get uh, better jobs better pay all of these things because they're much more confident in their not knowing things Mm. like women we are very we try to be as accurate as we can about like i am like in 85 out of 100. That is my capacity. But men are like, no, nah, but I'll probably get 100. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> And yeah. so when you would see a job application, 
Um, a woman would typically go through all of the points that are required in this application and go, ah, I don't meet all of these. I'm not going to apply. Mm. But a man would look at it and go, according to the study, like, how hard could it be? And then he'll still apply and yeah. wing it and be like, I can learn it on the job. That's not a problem. Because if you're good at a job, you are good at like solving problems and finding out mm. how to do the stuff you don't know how to do. And um, yeah, like you said, men have in general been good at that. And mm. we're trying to do it more like that. Just like, mm. it's not that hard to find out things. You know, it's like, how do we do this? Okay, you just and Google try. it. Google it. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I definitely, I think that uh, if not a first for me, then that is not traditionally how I would do things, like in terms of work and school and whatever. So it's very... Mm-hmm. Uh, refreshing even to just try things and uh, be okay with failure even I mean mm. I would say that Block is like a successful company but we have had some setbacks obviously because you will always have some Yeah, and kind of jumping back from the setbacks or jumping front ahead I guess <laughs> um, has become easier because it's not that big of a deal to fail anymore for mm. me this is just coming off the top of my head but i don't i think that's true i think yeah before i think i would definitely prepare and prepare and prepare and then if it didn't work out it would be like okay fine um i'm bad at this and then yeah. that would be it mm-hmm. yeah which is maybe a very uh so-called i don't know if you've heard this in norwegian but flink pike like yeah. good girl um yeah mentality that i think a lot of uh, hopefully young people don't have to grow up with it as much as we did, but mm-hmm. I definitely think that's a thing for uh, millennial women, if I can make that generalization. Mm. Uh, so block is a good practice at Yeah, and I think stuff. that's what I'm talking about when we are talking publicly. Public, public, publicly? Yeah. <laughs> um, about our work is to say exactly that, like we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. And... But we're mm. still here and doing this, yeah. and yeah. I want like young girls to to hear that and to sure. uh, be inspired by that. Uh, one thing I've also learned uh, after we started working on block is that I don't dwell as much on like problems. No, me neither. Like we we've been into like a few like sticky situations. W- yeah, with people, <laughs> and it's like maybe someone got angry or yeah. misunderstood or mm-hmm. whatever and it's a bit uncomfortable and sometimes Ingrid has to do it she's the bad cop <laughs> but but still it's like I'm surprised that after a few days I'm like yeah. oh I just forgot about it yeah. because we have so mm-hmm. much to do and we yeah. have just moved on and that's also a bit more like mm. male yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah mindset is like okay that was a bit of like a sticky situation but I moved on and yeah and maybe sometimes easier because of some of them are men as well that we've been talking to and it's like it's also, we have had this situation, but then you meet them and then it's like, you don't... Yeah, things are fine. Yeah. yeah it's um, like normally, like, when you have a big problem, like, there's this idea that, like, are you going to be worried about this in a week? Exactly. You know, like... Well, we, like, we tend to say a year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anxiety-driven <laughs> company. Between, between those two. <laughs> like, um, but looking back, I can only really count on, like, my two hands, uh, like, in, in the six years Blank Space has been around, uh, of, like the problems that still live with me yeah. that I'm like yeah. man that sucked yeah because yeah. sometimes like, I'm thinking about like oh I remember that person got really upset with us yeah mm-hmm. totally forgot yeah. but even then oh. it just it's just like 
it's like the lingering anxiety from it. It's yes. not even that the problem yeah. was a problem. I just remember how yeah. it felt to exactly. be so and Exactly. Moment. We like, all need to remember it's just a job. Yeah. That's what I'm saying yeah. to myself as well. It's like, it's not like my personal life, even though Rocky's personal. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah. it's just like a professional thing. Yeah. If we have a situation with this person, it's mm. not personal, it's yeah. professional. And, you know, we have this thing that on. we say at the library when things get stressful uh, is that it's not like, if someone is stressed out, they will say like, well, at least I'm not performing brain surgery today. Like yeah. no yeah, one yeah, will yeah. live or die based yeah. on what we do. Yeah. Hopefully, knock on wood. But I think it's, yeah, I definitely think that's important to remember to be like, that one time we get super stressed out about which kind of paper we're going to use. That we kind mm. of, yeah. But I definitely think that's um, something we've been practicing because I feel mm. less anxious about stuff like that now mm. than we did at the beginning. And I think it's like, when you have like a close relationship, you always like um, uh, take turns on like freaking out. Oh, so for we, sure. So we can like talk each other <laughs> oh, out of it. Like sure. when I was just freaking out, it's like, don't think about it. Yeah. Just forget it. Let's not yeah. talk about it. Luckily. And, yeah. It's like, it, the worst though is if we both freak out. Yeah. <laughs> has happened. Yeah. Yeah. Has, yeah, it has. But it's, <laughs> it's good. It's, there's a difference too, actually, from based on my work as a journalist or when I was doing only freelance writing work, because at that time I was, I w would never kind of uh, feel finished with anything. And I would feel like I had to defend myself all the time. So if I've wrote a review mm. and it was published online and someone wrote a comment that they did not agree with me, yeah. I was just like, Oh my God, I have to defend myself. Uh, which I've realized is not true. Like yeah. my job was done, but with Bloch, I feel like, we don't have to defend anything because it's our thing. So if people don't like it or don't agree with mm. it, it's still like, okay, fine, but we chose to do it. Like, I've definitely got more confident after, uh, professionally after Block. Mm. Mm. I think it's yeah. interesting. But I do find it interesting, though. I was just thinking what you said earlier. Uh, that at the beginning, too, we did get questions about, like, doing stuff as women. Like, uh, you're put in a panel with female cartoonists because you're a woman. And we did get questions about... Uh, running a business as a woman mm. and it's kind of like it's great dude it's just like what we do yeah. it's so weird and I feel like it's every Oscar season this comes up when people are asking all the women what dress they're wearing mm -hmm. and once in a while an actress will be like well are you gonna ask the guys this you know yeah. and it's kind of a cliche because it sadly happens every single year mm -hmm. but when you start looking at it like that, it's actually, like, it's it's super sad, but it's also hilarious. It's just like, mm. well, I carry these boobs around in this uterus. It's super heavy, but somehow yeah. I still manage to hold a day job, you know? Yeah. It's ridiculous. And there's this um, quote from, I think it was Morgan Freeman, uh, because he's, uh, he's very politically active with the African-American community in the U.S., and he says uh, he gets really upset when things are labeled in the same way, like uh, being a black actor, being an African-American mm. actor. Uh, and he always talks about that being like the day when, act, like when, when, how did I have to be, I could just Google the, the quote that he says, <laughs> but I will try to remember it. Um, something about like the best thing we can do for like uh, African-Americans is like to stop talking about it. And not mm -hmm. in the sense that we should stop talking about it, but stop labeling things exactly. as the best African-American actor, the exactly. best African-American. Oh, this is the first African-American to ever win a thing. And this is the, it's good that we can celebrate this and see how, how further we're coming and how like there's all these 
but it shouldn't be so much that it's actually isolating them again no. into mm. their own category. Like, Definitely. oh, you're so you're such a great basketball player for a woman. Like, oh, that's a bad God. kind of compliment. Like, yeah. you can't like because yeah. <laughs> you're not supporting um, people by mentioning no. these. Yeah. Like, oh, it's great with female. Publishers, yeah. for instance, it's like, like I expected yeah. you to be terrible, but yeah. you're actually pretty yeah, good. This is I'm, I'm pr- I know, good for you. Oh, like, <laughs> uh, so I think that's that's an interesting kind of point to take from it. It's not so much, um, which uh, it's it's good. It's it's good that we're talking about this in a way of uh, of it not being so cringeworthy. Of like, oh, here's going to be a, a whole episode talking about women stuff, and we're all just I mean, because people can Google these opinions you know yeah like mm. like uh, women's rights isn't something that's still talked about like hush in the back alley somewhere no, no. like mm. there's people who are far more eloquent than we are they can really push this forward mm. um but yeah i love the the red carpet stuff when they have like the they have all the red carpet denials mm. like when they're like oh tell us about your dress and they're just like no. No. <laughs> what are you wearing? A dress. Yeah. They had like a mani, they had like a, a manicure walk where you could like walk your hands down the aisle to show off your manicure. Oh, God. And everyone was just like, no, no, oh, I'm not doing God. that. Like, what? no. For real? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's so weird. Yeah. Which it's, again, it comes like, it's not so much that, because some women fucking love that of course Some men fucking love that but it's less this idea that like we it's not that we don't want to know about the fashion we just want it to be equally distributed yeah it's like uh maybe we want to know about the men's fashion maybe sure. uh because i'm sure that there might be some guys who would love to hear about the the dresses or the tuxes or yeah like, and um, imagine like designing these tuxes yeah and no one is talking about true them. true yeah these poor fashion designers <laughs> yeah it could be your theme for the next episode, actually. Male yeah. fashion designers. Oh, they work wow. so many hours. Yeah. You know, I it, one of my like favorite uh, like documentaries is about fashion designers. I've seen so many documentaries about it because they work so hard in this mm. creative field. It's so inspiring, and it's like it like runs their whole life. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So that's like my best tip. Maybe we can start making dresses now. Yeah. Or tuxes. Yeah, <laughs> Why not? Yeah, you know, yeah. we're done with this whole comic thing. Yeah. We yeah. don't need to uh, figure that out. Let's yeah. just go into something else we don't understand very well. Okay, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Whole new avenue, whole new field. <laughs> we get like a kick out of doing stuff we don't know how to do. So. Oh, God. Every time people like uh, give me like quote unquote tips for blank space. Because uh, like I, I'm running a very similar company. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just fucking baptism by fire. You're just jumping yeah. in. And people come with these really well intended help, like tips of like, Oh, I ever thought about like having a cafe in Blank Space? Oh god! And I'm like, you do realize it's an entirely separate industry, right? Yeah. Like, I can't just start a fucking yeah. cafe yeah. like in the middle of this business. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, <laughs> you ever thought about you should like get like a gallery down at Shu Holman and sell your art there? It's yeah, an yeah. entirely fucking different thing than what we're doing, but sure, that would be a great <laughs> idea if I could do it. I guess. Yeah, like thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> yeah, you're just smiling and just like yeah. yeah. I'm like, that's a great idea for wow. someone else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, so fashion design next. Okay. Yep. Check. Got it. Yep. Um, yeah. So you guys brought it up a little bit earlier about like, uh, um, do you have any tips for people who are, you know, looking to get into self-publishing? Like, or something that maybe you would have done differently when you first started out? Um, I think our main tip would just be to try. I feel like that's been our main uh, mm. focus. Uh, to just try stuff. Apply for money. Uh, we were very lucky to get uh, Grafils, um mm. big funding uh, at the very beginning. Mm. 
And to be very, I think for us, it has been very helpful to know where we can apply for money because everyone has heard about Kulturoda, obviously, because they yeah. give a lot of money to a lot of good things. But there are other way, uh, places to apply for money. Mm. And if I feel like if you have an idea for a project, it's smart to kind of figure out what sort of link that project could have to the people who would give you the money. Like mm. Kulturoda, for example, has very specific... Um, guidelines for how to apply and if you know those very well then obviously it's not easy to get money but it's uh it's not impossible to get funding mm. sometimes we talk to people in comics who are like oh i never get funding for any project like we met this guy last year who was super annoyed because he it was also he was super annoyed but it actually ended up being kind of funny because he came over to our table we were at a small festival and he was like oh it's so annoying that people like us we never get any funding and we were just like, well, all these three books have been funded uh, mm -hmm. and we have earned money to publish this thing. Because he um, lumped us in with himself being like struggling artists. I don't or know why he chose us, though. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. but Maybe still. he just repeats the same conversation. Each Maybe. Table yeah. to. But it was we kind like, of interesting because um, we're not in the same boat. <laughs> no. And it was funny because I heard him talking to someone else. Uh, afterwards and his project sounded very unstructured mm. which is fine like maybe it's in a starting phase or maybe he's working on it but every time we've applied for money we've been very very specific about mm. what we want to do mm -hmm. so I think my main tip would be to develop an idea as specifically as you can because mm -hmm. yeah, uh, you, you can't just like oh, I want to make something cool but I don't know what it is or like I'll I want to publish a book about this theme and they're just like well who cares yeah um, so to be very specific and like have a very clear idea of what your project is going to be. Yeah. I think that's very helpful. And mm -hmm. I think there's also stipends out there for development and research oh, as yeah. well. So yeah, if you're yeah, not yeah. at the stage yet where you can be super clear, then applying for those and stuff. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, but I then have you have to be super clear in that application. True. Yeah, like, uh, I want <laughs> to research this because... Yeah. Da, 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 da. So I think like that goes for like all applications. Just like be really specific and... Mm. Don't like do like inspirational quotes or you know no don't <laughs> don't name drop. It's like just say what mm. you want to say yeah. in a normal language. Culture they don't want to hear like Einstein said that strange blah, 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 words. Blah. I know, yeah. um, but also to be able to recognize which uh, which funds are for you, like you say, like mm. either researching or development or. Uh, we tend to apply for comic book money, mm. um, but there are picture book money, uh, magazine money, like being specific about what you want to make and being able to see where you can get funding. Mm. It sounds like money is the only important thing, but it's a very good thing to have like at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't have any money and you want to do something, just make a fan scene. It's like, True. and if you don't have money to make 100 fan scenes, make 20. Yeah. It's just like, just start somewhere. It's. Yeah, I think people get confused by this idea of every single thing I ever produce has to be professional. Oh my god, you like, know what? Mm. That was a game changer for me. That yeah. was in journalism, actually, but I use it every single day. Like, whenever I do something or make something, mm. I ask myself, does this have to be the best thing I've ever made? Mm -hmm. And the answer to that is no. <laughs> it's yeah. never yes. Yeah. yeah. So When I started making comics, I wasn't happy with how it looked. And mm. I thought, this isn't where I want to be. But I just have to keep on going. Yep. But I could like see that I, I'm still not where I want to be. Um, mm -hmm. I just need to practice. Um, and you got there. 
Uh, and I got there, so I knew that. I, yeah. I, I didn't just think, oh, I can't do this because this doesn't look how I want it to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just knew I just had to like keep on going. Yeah, there's this, because uh, I do I do a lot of portfolio reviews for students. It's one of like, um, especially when it gets to be like like right now where there's like a lot of application deadlines for QU oh, yeah. and, and um, different schools. I do a lot of portfolio reviews. I go to schools and they do lectures and whatever. Hmm. Uh, and all of them don't understand that it's okay to be awful mm-hmm. at this moment. Yeah. Um and like I kind of just want to shake them and be like like fuck you for thinking that you should be as good as people who've been doing this for 20 years. Exactly. <laughs> like that's a really why? good perspective. Like exactly. why yeah. would you believe that? Why do you have that as your expectation? Yeah. Um like you don't get to skip it. You don't get to skip being awful. You don't get to skip no. being weird and like a gangly weird teenager like you don't get to skip that part you have to go through these growing pains yeah uh also it's hilarious after because i found some files um of writing that i did when i was 17 yeah you can imagine how great yeah. that was <laughs> how oh dramatic my. was it so bad i was just like and i remember <laughs> wanting to like publish stuff when i was 19 yeah. and i'm just thanking all the gods for not having that mm-hmm. had happened can you imagine um, my husband, he had, he was playing in a band and writing some songs, just like a hobby. Um, but he liked doing that when he was seventeen as well. And yes. when he was seventeen, he wrote a song about Vietnam. Oh boy! <laughs> oh, the boy. war or the country? The war. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> it's like it's so hilarious. But his mom is like, oh, God. "What's wrong with that?" It's like, yeah, but I've never been to Vietnam. It's oh, like God. super weird. But so she's she thinks it's like. Really great, yeah, but that's the mom's role. Like she's yeah, yeah, yeah. Be like, but it's like he's seventeen you, in Norway. It's like yeah, I'm gonna make a fucking good song. Oh, I love it. Vietnam Maybe we can publish that. Yeah. That'd be great. <laughs> if you can send it to us, we'll put it yeah. in the middle yeah. of the podcast. Put it in the episode. <laughs> okay. After these twelve episodes of D and D that you guys are <laughs> up for, it's not twelve. It's not twelve. I'm gonna say that now, so everyone's relieved when it's only been four. Um, uh, but yeah, but there's definitely this this idea of process that you can't that you have to go through, and this idea of doing it no matter what, and accepting that things aren't going to be perfect. Yeah. But like, even if it's only ten percent good, that ten percent is better than the zero percent that have you not trying yeah. in the first place, kind of thing. And sometimes you get an impression that everyone is like twenty one. Yes, but I'm I'm how, mm. I don't uh, <laughs> how old am I? Thirty seven. Uh, yeah, no? I'm thirty seven. Okay. It's like just just. Just say it. I'm yeah. not 21. And mm. sometimes I get a feeling like, oh, my God, everyone who's doing cool stuff is 21. I'm really old. But yeah. it's like y- you can't have a lot of experience when you're 21. No, for sure. So I made shit stuff when I was when I was 21. I was like in a really bad place. I didn't mm. make that much no. of anything. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a certain amount of fucks you cannot give, I think, to to do anything worthwhile. Mm. Like uh, you cannot be so pegged down by performance, uh, and this goes for everybody. Because I, I we work a lot with Blank Space when we do these uh, events and exhibitions and stuff. The people who are doing, they are professionals. They're getting paid full time to be designers, and every single job they get, they are terrified because they oh, yeah. have to perform now. I know. Yeah. And so, like that Ouch. feeling of performing, like never really leaves you. No, for sure. And so, being able to understand that I'm just going to do the best that I can in yeah. this moment. And then always giving yourself like 10% at least chance to play, like within every single project of like, what part of this can I wiggle on a little bit? And don't take projects that you can't wiggle on Mm. unless you're really, 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 really poor and you need to pay rent. 
<laughs> and it's like you're like, always going to doubt yourself. It's not like always. you're going to like reach a level. It's like, oh, now I'm really good. So now I'm never going to doubt what I do. No, God. It's like you're going to have moments like that when you're 21 or you're yeah. 41 I have moments or like 61. That at every deadline because I still yeah, do yeah. reviews and articles. Mm. And it's really funny because every time I submit a piece... I'm like, mm. this is the moment my editor is going to tell me, like, um, we're sorry that we asked you. We did <laughs> not expect it to be this terrible. And obviously, I never tell her that. So yeah. whenever she emails me back and she's like, this is good. I'm like, what? Is it? <laughs> really? And sure? It's really funny. Have you read it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then whenever I read it down the line, I'll read it and I'll be like, this is fine. Why yeah. was I terrified? But I think that I don't think that has anything to do with age either. I th- think no. it's there. Mm. And especially it's funny uh, in terms of creative businesses because... For some reason, I feel like people sometimes feel like they have to be good. Like, whatever they show, it has to be great. Mm. While if you look at other businesses, you'd be like, okay, I think I'm going to actually uh, run the marathon. I've never done it before. I'm just going to do it now and win it. Yeah. No one would expect you to do that. Mm-mm. No one would expect you to be, like, a really great accountant before you even started school. So, yeah. Except me. Well, you I, are one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. Self taught. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm going to take the exams at Bay. You tomorrow. should, though. Yeah, yeah. That would be amazing. You should get papers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but there's definitely, definitely, definitely this this idea of of respecting the process and going through it, For sure. which you guys are doing, and you're doing a phenomenal job at it. Thank you. Um, that's. I, I think we'll we'll end with with one generic question. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, are there? Maybe we can choose like top three favorite comics. Or if there's any comics coming out soon that you're excited about. Mm-mm-mm. I think I'd want to do top three. Okay. I just need to find three. They're all. And you have a list? Didn't I did you? have a list, but I wrote out uh, not only artists, but also writers. You can do that too. This is this is a very loose-ended question, guys. <laughs> do, do, do. Okay, actually, no, no, no. I do have three. I wrote down like favorite female artists slash writers right now. Okay. I have those. Bring it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, because we actually wanted to sort of promote one of our artists. Mm-hmm. I do call her our artist, even though she's yeah. doing a lot of stuff on her own and only a few stuff for us. But Ida uh, Neverdal, because she has been very outspoken before about being addressed as a female artist. And yeah. she, a lot of the quotes or the stuff that we say uh, here today is based on uh, things that she has said before. Mm. She's. Uh, fed up with being addressed as a female uh, mm. cartoonist, I think. I really like a lot of her stuff. Uh, we have her in our fragment, mm. and we also have one of her prints, or one of her pages from that book is uh, printed in Cycle, mm-hmm. uh, very beautifully. Um, we have promoted on our Instagram, so if someone is interested, uh, mm. it will be there. Um, I'm also very much into an American artist called Vanessa Davis. Mm. Do you know her? What was the thing that she's done? She's done a book called Spaniel Rage, and then she has a bigger book called Make Me a Woman. And she hasn't really done much lately, I think, but I think those were from, like, the early 2000s. I think I'm following mm. her on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, she's, like, one of my big influences yeah. when I started doing comics. She's the best. Mm. And she has a drawing in Spaniel Rage that I bought, I think I bought it 
uh, without knowing what it was. And I just like the artwork and there's a drawing inside. Because she does kind of di uh, diary stuff, not like from day to day, but just like small social situations. And she has one. <laughs> with, she's kind of laying down on a bed with air conditioning coming in. Mm. And it's just... I don't know. There's something about that picture. It's so relatable. It's just like lying on your bed in your underwear being like, blah, yeah. <laughs> with air conditioning coming in. Mm -hmm. It's very funny. Yeah. So I have her She's books. She's so good. Yeah. She's mm -hmm. super good. And another one that I've been enjoying lately is Mathilde van Geluwe. Okay. I am not sure that's the right name to pronounce her name. Uh, she nice is from... Try. Thank, yeah, you, was, thank, you. Yeah, uh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. She used to be in the art collective Tieten met Haar. Okay. Do you know them? They're I from Belgium. Uh, they all make really good stuff, but she has published a book called Funky Town on POW uh, Studios from Sweden. She lives in France. Super, super nice. It's very new. I bought it in Angoulême in uh, January. Mm. Mm. They, they, they're they usually at the Oslo Comics Expo. Yeah, they, they yeah. The, uh, I know POW, at least. Yeah. Like, uh, mm. So that's what I've been into lately. A lot of good women. Good choices. Thank you. Mm. I'm behind her. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> I also think so. <laughs> well, great then. Uh, thank you so much for a, a lovely little episode. Uh, it was, thank you. Thanks. It was amazing to hear more about your guys' process, about thinking, uh, you know, thinking about your project. That's a weird sentence again. <laughs> uh, it's amazing talking to you guys and hearing more about your project and what your goals are for it, how it's come to be what it is today, and a little bit about what your future plans are. I'm excited about hearing mm. more about Nokian. Yeah. Uh, so. Give me a little, give me a little shout. Definitely, yeah. it was nice talking about how to build an empire. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> next to the world. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for having us. We'll right. come back and talk about uh, Kulturo then money and applications. That would be great. Yeah. Um, that would be seriously great. So anyone who's listening now, please tune in in a few months to to hear more about uh, in depth about how to get funding specifically from the, the user's perspective more than from the establishment side. So. Yeah, we'll yeah. see you guys later. Bye. Bye-bye.